We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It is another live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Emprise was recently named Best Small Bank in Kansas by Newsweek. Remember, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight, unless you're Orlando Brown. Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partner in Possible. And here to help me talk about the biggest game of the year for your Kansas City Chiefs are my dear pals here for the game preview for Thursday Night Football, Chiefs Chargers. Find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, let's go. I, I'm going to old takes expose you when we're playing in the Super Bowl and you're calling this the biggest game of the year. I <laughs> it's mean, like, 2021. That's just... 2022. So are the Um, So Mm. on that note, then I'm going to bring it to everyone's attention that if the Chargers do in fact blow out the Kansas City Chiefs, I will be purchasing a Chargers shirt for Ken Swanson to wear on a live show. And it's going to be a size medium. So it's going to be a size. I never agreed to this. Craig was there. He witnessed it. You agreed. Uh, So if this happens, Kent will be wearing a very small, very tight Chargers shirt live on one of these shows. And that's just if the Chargers blow out the Chiefs, which we all agree is not going to happen. Oh, I guess I shouldn't tell you that at the top. Stick around to the end to figure out our game predictions to see if we're going to predict the Chargers blowing out the Chiefs. Craig, go. Go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> nah, they ain't blowing out the Chiefs. I, th- I think this is going to be a very competitive game. Like, I think it's going to live up to the hype, even with some of the absences that we'll talk about here, some of the matchups that we'll talk about here. I just think that these are going to end up being two very evenly matched teams. It ends up being the most important game for either team season at this point in the season. If one of these teams wins, they could easily take the one seat. It's that kind of game. They can go ahead and finish this out and be the AFC's top dog and get a bye. So a very, very big game. It all hangs in the balance. We're going to break it down for you today. Yeah, this could be the difference between the Chiefs being the one seed and a wild card team. Because if the Chargers win out, they they lock the Chiefs out of the AFC West. So the Chiefs will no longer control their destiny, not just for a one seed, but for a division if the Chargers uh, are able to win out. So yeah, this game is massive, obviously, for both teams. It's massive for the Chiefs. And we got a lot to cover. We're not going to do our our typical, um, you know, our, our typical game preview. We've already played, you know, she's already played the Chargers. Uh, we normally kind of mix things up a little bit the second time around when we play these teams. You can't mind notice that a little bit more uh, last week when we did the Raiders. So we've got plenty to talk about though, because a lot has happened in the few days between the Chiefs playing on Sunday. Wait, there, there has. Things oh, happened? Craig, I forgot to tell okay, you. Okay, let me sit back and take this all in. There's definitely not bad news that happened here. Let's go. No, definitely. And there's definitely nothing COVID-related. So, okay, okay. Willie Gay status for this game, totally fine. Not yet. Like, look, <laughs> there, okay. There, there, there's, there's, COVID has affected this game. And the really, Chiefs mm. really haven't had a ton of games. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers situation, you know. Um, but on the Chiefs side of it, COVID has not really affected the Chiefs much to this point. Uh, it has hit them. Willie Gay uh, will be out. 
Chris Jones potentially out. There's still some questions about whether or not Chris Jones uh, will be able to play. He is currently uh, on the COVID list. It's not just the Chiefs side, though, because uh, Josh Johnson. Gordon, too, by the way. Well, Josh, Josh Gordon, Gordon too, too. Yeah, I know that Ray, happened early. It, it feels like it happened forever ago at this point because there's been so many things that have happened. But yeah, wait, that was this week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess Tuesday was a heck of a week. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but it has it's affected the Chargers side, too, because the Chargers were Sean Slater. That's a big one. I, I think we've mm-hmm. got to talk about the absences of players both COVID-related and injury-related, Maddie. before we start about talking about anything. Yeah, well, we have to mention that Legereus Sneed isn't going to play in this game as well. And this one is not, that one's not COVID-related. He's just still dealing with the tragedy with his brother. So he's going to miss this game as well. So it, there's a host of players that are going to miss this game on both sides for various reasons. And so just I mean, looking at what each team's going to be missing, the Chiefs are going to be missing their two best athletes on the maybe on the entire defensive side of the ball but especially on the second level of that defense the Chiefs don't have that same level of speed to match what Legereus Sneed won't have out there to match what Willie Gay won't have out there so immediately the Chiefs are losing a ton of speed in the middle on the second level of that defense can and then if Chris Jones can't play I think we don't even need to go too far into that one that stinks that's a really good football player that won't play but on the Chargers side they're losing one of the top 10 offensive tackles this year. It's definitely left tackles, maybe top 10 offensive tackles in the entire NFL this year. And if he's not out there, that might be the hardest one-to-one replacement out of any of these players we're about to talk about. I'm not saying he's the best player. It's just a lot harder to replace a left tackle than it is a slot corner or a linebacker just by, with a backup player. So they might have the biggest guy missing out on this game. But I do think the Chiefs missing out those two players on that defensive side of the ball for certain, it's definitely going to be a big blow. Yeah, and it probably, just from the perspective of the Chiefs here, missing Legereus Sneed probably means they're going to handle things very similarly to how they handled them against the Las Vegas Raiders. Tyron Matthew kicking down in the slot, that means that Dan Sorensen's going to play a little bit more in the nickel packages. He's already playing in the dime, unless they decide to switch it up with a healthier Rashad Fenton. And then in that case, Rashad Fenton would probably be the guy that comes in inside. So I think that they've got options there. It's not as bleak. I mean, obviously, those guys in that spot aren't luxurious need, and it shifts so much other stuff around that was working so well for this defense for so long. But it's not as bleak as, say, going to the linebacker there and taking the most athletic guy that you have out of your linebacker rotation, I think we see Willie Gay Jr. do a lot of positive things. And he erases a lot of stuff for this defense at the second level. Whether or not he's making an impact play, just his speed out there makes offenses have to change the way that they attack this defense. This will probably be an Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton nickel. I don't expect there to be a lot of Ben Neiman in the nickel. He'll obviously be there in the base defense as that third linebacker. But that means that Anthony Hitchens and Ben or and, uh, Nick Bolton being on the field together is going to be a lot slower than having Willie Gay out there. Now, going to be stouter against the run. I think you're going to struggle to fool those guys with misdirection. Those guys are smart players. They're going to read things well. So from that perspective, it's going to be good. But I think everybody's worried about maybe Austin Eckler in the flat, attacking those guys with some of the stuff that requires them to play fast. That's where the potential deficiency could come up. And I think that that's why, you know, other than Chris Jones, because again, we're going to talk about that in here in a little bit. I think Willie Gay is probably the bigger loss at this point of those two guys. Yeah. It, funny thing you talk, I think everybody, when they saw that Willie Gay was going into COVID protocol, Everyone immediately jumped Austin Eckler. Yeah. Like there, I mean, I just remember even like in our DMs when we were talking when it happened, it was like it jumped to the to the thought of Austin Eckler. But Austin Eckler is a game time decision for this game. He is. Um, so is Derwin James. So is Asante Samuel. They're gonna test it out and see how those guys feel short turnaround. So I mean, both teams are beat up right now. Um, Austin Eckler would be a huge loss for the Chargers. Um, as as would Ray Sean Slater. Uh, as is Rayshon Slater. Rayshon Slater's out. He is confirmed out. And the good thing for the Chiefs here with that is, is they both they have both their edge rushers still. 
uh you know the, the chris the chiefs lost chris jones and that's a massive loss don't <clears throat> excuse me don't get me wrong but they're still they've still got the, the the edge pressure from frank clark and and melvin ingram that should be able to to have their day with both chargers tackles maddie they should, in theory, yes. The issue that you're going to run into, though, is the Chargers protection package is going to be much better suited to handle this edge pressure if you don't have Chris Jones in there, especially off that left side. Because the Chargers, you know, at right tackle, they're fine. They're solid. It's not great, but, like, they can survive out there. They have been all year. It hasn't, again, it hasn't been great. They've been cycling in a couple different guys. But when they're out there, they've been fine. It's been good enough. Trey Pipkins is going to need help at left tackle. Mm. But if Chris Jones is unable to go... You're, you're able to give that help a lot easier. Not saying that the Chiefs won't get some pass rush, because they will, but this also isn't going to be a situation where the Chargers are going from, like a Tampa Bay Buccaneer situation, where Tom Brady's never under pressure at all, and now all of a sudden he is. No, Justin Herbert's already under a ton of pressure each and every week. Yes, you might get a little bit more off of that one specific spot from your left tackle this week, but it's not going to be overall a huge difference in what it is week in and week out for him. So I do think they are in a position to handle it a little bit better, especially if Chris Jones is out. Now, you want to say Chris Jones can play in this game? Because I don't, it's, again, it's not confirmed that Chris Jones is out. But if Chris Jones can play, and then you get a pair of the way Frank Clark is playing, the way Melvin Ingram's playing, and Chris Jones, and Jaron Reed, and Tershawn Wharton, and all these guys with this offensive line, then it could get ugly in a hurry. It might be so bad for that Chargers offensive line that it's debilitating for that entire offense to get anything going. That is a possibility, but I do think a lot of that hinges on Chris Jones being able to actually go for this game. I We talked about this a little bit in the KCSN Discord today. If you're not signed up for that, go sign up for the Substack. That way you get access to it. But we talked a little bit about how this changes and somebody brought up i believe our our pal azuri gunner brought up it's like is this more like um is this more like when the chiefs lost eric fisher and it went from they're doing good enough protecting mahomes and now this is kind of the house of cards the the avalanche that way and if chris jones was there it would 100 be that like i would expect exactly the same result Justin Herbert running for his life, trying to make things happen. That can still happen. Turk Wharton has really come on strong the past two weeks. Jaron Reed has been coming on strong for the past three or four weeks here. And obviously, you know, we know Melvin Ingram has been affecting the game. Alex Okafor has been affecting the game. I expect those guys to kick inside. Uh, Melvin Ingram's been kind of lurking around, being that guy that's, you know, traveling over the, the zero tech in some of these dime looks and rushing from the inside. They can find some success getting guys in good spots and taking some of the heat off of Frank Clark, who is definitely going to get a lot of focus. So I expect, once again, the Chiefs are going to get pressure on Justin Herbert. It's just going to have to come from those other guys initially because, like Maddie said, that game plan to start, they're going to throw everything they can over towards Trey Pipkins because Trey Pipkins is bad. He is actively bad and he is going to be playing left tackle against frank clark who is on just one of the best streaks of his career right now so they're definitely going to throw a bunch of help that way chris jones can't go those other guys have to win and take some of that focus off of him well and one of the things i love um about i don't know timing uh timing to lose chris jones is never good but we literally two days ago before the chris jones news came out got done gushing about the depth of the defensive line and their ability, you know, to generate pressure and how well they were playing against the Raiders. They need that again. You know, it's, you're not going to replace Chris Jones. If Chris Jones doesn't go. Oh, impossible. Um, it's impossible, <laughs> but the the guys that they have. And Oh, by the way, uh, Steve Spagnuolo has been known to manufacture pressure uh, a little bit. So uh, those are, those are two good things that the chiefs have going for them. There And I mean, I would expect the defensive side of the ball is going to be something that I think everybody expected the Chiefs to have their defense carry them. Not at the beginning of the year, but leading up this week, you know, after the Raiders game, we all kind of know this team needs to be carried by its defense a little bit right now. The offense isn't clicking. The offense needs some help to make it going. That's the issue that I'm having with kind of these COVID-related guys that are going to be missing. They're all on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. That hurts. 
I, I know you guys, I think just based on our DMs and our conversations, have a little bit more faith that this offense is ready to turn it around at some point in time, and we're about to get into we'll get that. There. We'll get there. But right now, like I don't see why or how we would have that feeling. So losing th- up potentially three starters, three important starters on this defense in a game where I, I needed, like personally, I think the defense needs to step up and play as good as they have been for the Chiefs to really have enough ch- a chance to score over 20 points, something they've done literally one time versus a non-Gus Bradley defense in nine games. They need that defense to be good. I don't know how good the defense can be if Chris Jones, if Willie Gay, if LeJarrius Sneed are all missing. I do think they can mask those deficiencies, but Justin Herbert's a really, really good quarterback. He can make plays out of structure. He can do things that even when he gets... We're fans of the Chiefs. We've watched Patrick Mahomes make magic out of nothing a lot. Justin Herbert Mm -hmm. can do a lot of that. So if you don't have the full stable going for this Chiefs defense, it could be entirely up to the offense to score enough points. And at this point, I just don't know how we have a ton of faith in that. So I do think this puts a lot of pressure on the offense for this game. Like this is entirely now up to the offense to go toe-to-toe with this Chargers offense to outscore them rather than to let the defense hold them to a low point total that the first two drives cover. I mean, I... I honestly, I believe in this four-man pass rush still, even without Chris Jones. Obviously, with Chris Jones, it ruined this Chargers offensive line. Fully believe that. So, if he's there, awesome. They like put put a big positive mark in the Chiefs' favor in that case. But if he's not, I still believe in this. I think that they can manufacture enough pressure along that defensive line with their four-man rush and not blitz. The first time that these two teams played, Steve Spagnolo blitzed Justin Herbert and he got home like 19% of the time. For reference, Steve Spagnolo gets home about half the time when he is blitzing. So he wasn't even getting pressure on Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was able to get the ball out quickly, was able to make the correct read and was able to hit guys open. He wasn't having to deal with pressure in his face. He deals with that well. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you're pressuring Justin Herbert. He's going to fall apart. He's very good at dealing with it, but he was very good at beating the Chiefs blitz the first time around. So they need that four-man rush to go. I just don't have any faith in this Chargers offensive line to line up and block this four-man rush all game long i think there's enough talent they are in a groove they're really attacking offensive lines smartly right now so i think that we're going to see pressure on justin herbert it's just a matter of bringing him down not letting him escape the pocket not letting him make that magic with his feet and his arm that he clearly can make one of the two best quarterbacks in the league at doing it so got to keep him there got to bring him down Uh, that that's where i think the real pressure on this team lies is on that four-man front, but I'll hear the offense. I, I just maybe, maybe I'm just used to the defense stepping up at this point. Well, one more thing on the defensive side. Um, you know, Charverius Ward, I don't believe played the last time these two teams matched up, and the Chargers he hasn't had a, played the Chargers since 2019. Never. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> played. Right, he hasn't played the Chargers since 2019. He played two wow. games against them in 2019. Earlier this week, I mentioned the Chargers had attacked him vertically. That was incorrect. It was not Traverius Ward. They've attacked every other corner the Chiefs have had vertically, just not Ward because he has not played them since 2019. They attacked outside the numbers with big body receivers the last time these two teams matched up, and the mm-hmm. Chiefs did not have Traverius Ward there. So some of the success, I, a big piece of success for the Chargers offense the last time these two plays, regardless of the pressure rate that you just cited, Craig, regardless of, some, of, of all the other things we've talked about, is just having the presence of Charvarius Ward to maybe be a little bit more physical with a guy like Mike Williams might go a long way in the outcome of this game because they were bullying the Chiefs outside the numbers. And there were big situations that they needed, some big third downs, some big plays. What happened? Justin Herbert would go throw it up to one of his big receivers, one of his bigger body guys, and the Chiefs had no answer for it. So all these things we've just kind of talked about here, I mean – that's a big factor right there is just Charvarius Ward being back in this game. So um, really, I mean, I'm fascinated to see his impact and his presence on this game relative to what we just got done seeing the last time that these two teams matched up. Let's just um, stick the defense. I mean, let's just stick the yeah, defense and just round it out here. I mean, how do you stop Justin Herbert? Like, I mean, what is the plan to stop Justin Herbert? Like, I think that's where you have to start because this this Chargers team isn't going <laughs> to... Did you see how big me and Craig's eyes got? <laughs> 
Jesus. I don't know. I don't have the exact answer here. I think it has to start with this. If Mike Hughes is on the field again, you have to give him some form of help. I think he's playing better now than he was at the beginning of the season, but he's got to still be having nightmares of that first Chargers matchup where Mike Williams was just having 50-50 balls that were coming down as like 90-10 balls thrown his way vertically down the field. Like that was a bad look for Mike Hughes. That, that singular game first, Mike Williams probably played a big part in him getting benched as kind of as the year went along. So whether it's Fenton outside, whether it's him and he's into the slot, just if Mike Hughes is out there, hopefully he has a rebound game coming off a strong game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That'll go a long way. But realistically, I think Craig mentioned it. I don't think you blitz Justin Herbert. I think it's time you kind of start giving him a little bit of the Patrick Mahomes treatment. And it's not even that Justin Herbert makes big plays when you blitz him. I mean, his yards per attempt drop a little bit when he's blitzed. He doesn't make that many big vertical throws. He's just really good at getting the ball out to the open guy on time so that he doesn't get pressured. He's very good versus the blitz. It's just not big chunk plays. He just executes rep in, rep out. So I think the first move is you don't blitz him. You rely on that four-man pressure to get home. But even if that four-man pressure doesn't get home, when you flood the rest of the field with coverage, Justin Herbert, like Patrick Mahomes, has a tendency to get a little anxious. He wants to gun the ball around. He wants to sling it. You drop guys back. You don't make him feel pressured into taking that quick check down. He might give you a few opportunities to make a play on the football. I think the Chiefs defense, more so than some other weeks, is going to need those turnovers this week to help the offense out. This can't be one where they're just letting, they're trying to grind this offense to go three and out four or five and out over and over again, there needs to be some turnovers that are going to be involved. Yeah. And luckily they're, that, that seems to be their MO right now is forcing mistakes, forcing these guys into mistakes. And in order to do that, you kind of got to flood coverage a little bit. So yeah, win, win with four up front, put some games on this offensive line, test this communication. This is, this is a bunch of guys that, I mean, some of these guys have played together at this point, but it's a bunch of guys that are not, ideal for the position for the chargers they don't want to be starting a couple of these guys i certainly don't want to be starting trey pipkins force some mistakes for some communication mistakes between these guys they've done really well brendan daly and steve spagnolo have developed good pressure packages gotten some free looks and you're going to force justin herbert to make a decision do i eat this or do i try and throw into coverage i mean because there's going to be extra guys back there that's what Derek Carr had to deal with this past week. And he threw a couple up that the Chiefs had an opportunity to make a play on the ball. It's good to see that sort of scenario going into this game where they need to do exactly that. And I know that the the worry is, well, Austin Eckler underneath and all of that. I'll tell you what, I'm of the opinion that if they're going to dump the ball off to Austin Eckler all day underneath and they're going to play coverage on these receivers to make sure they don't get beat for explosive plays, I'm fine with these guys playing up, making some tackles short. Like, 
if I, I know Maddie said you got to come up with some turnovers, they're going to get antsy. They're going to want to get downfield because they're trying to shake off of this, you know, what did somebody call it? The New Orleans Saints, a Drew Brees offense where they're just dinking and dunking around. Justin Herbert wants to go deep. And so you're going to force him to make a mistake eventually. I'm fine with letting, you know, Austin Eckler catch six balls for 50 yards and limiting the rest of those offensive, offensive weapons on defense. I think you just got to drop back and play coverage and let your four-man rush win. These are two elite quarterbacks. Um, Justin Herbert's low points are lower than Patrick Mahomes. Um, and he makes a couple more a couple throws every week that are more inexplicable than things that you see from Patrick Mahomes. Some of the stuff that you kind of saw with him at Oregon, some of the, just the inexplicable decision-making, um, you know, maybe not seeing an underneath backer at times, um, especially in the red. I think Man. red zone defense is going to be a really important piece of this. Uh, Willie. For, Willie would get one this week. Yeah, Man. that would be, that'd be mm. nice to have. Mm. But I think red zone defense is going to be really big. Um, I think, I think you know, Justin, he's got a howitzer, and he's going to just try to drive some balls. And <laughs> There's a couple of throws that you can find out on Twitter of him driving some balls in the red zone. But I think when things get a little bit contested, he wants to try to force some balls in there, and it doesn't always go great for him. Um, so I think, you know, put the pressure on him offense, like the offense, you know, the chiefs offense, which we'll get to in a second has to continue to put pressure on him. Um, they gotta, they've got to, you know, kind of you know, try to try to, you know, play from up, play from up front if they can, uh, because I think Justin Herbert is prone to make some mistakes and he'll put some pressure on himself for sure. Let's talk about the offense. How about that? Let's just do that. Um, you know, I, Maddie, I know you kind of wanted to talk about some of the things that the Chargers were able to do the last time that these two teams played besides uh, the Chiefs' mental errors and stupid turnovers, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so I think when we previewed this Chargers matchup last time, we talked a lot about what Brandon Staley's defense is, and so when they came out to play the Chiefs, he said, um, hey, you guys know all that work you put into learning my defense. You're not going to get that in this game because we're going to play cover one, we're going to play two man and we are going to kind of abandon the Brandon Staley, you know, quarters coverage that he's been known to run. He got his safeties playing deeper than they normally would. The safeties weren't involved in the run fits. They were literally putting an umbrella over the top while five defenders underneath played man coverage. They rushed for, they were, they didn't blitz a single time. And they just said, Hey, we're going to challenge your receivers to beat our defensive backs shallow they're gonna have to win horizontally and then we're gonna challenge Patrick Mahomes to hit them you know accurately with this tight man coverage behind them the Chiefs didn't do a great job they did have some success you know when you remove the turnovers and you remove the mental errors the Chiefs offense wasn't shut down by any means but you could also see how this shift in strategy played out and then you've seen more and more teams kind of use this against the Chiefs and it's only gotten worse since that moment the Chiefs have only gotten worse against man-to-man coverage since that moment I would be a little surprised if the Chargers don't come out. Now, this obviously depends on Asante Samuel and Derwin James being a little bit healthy. I could see them mm -hmm. playing more passively without those two guys, but this depends on those guys being healthy. I'd be surprised if they don't come out and play that man coverage again, come out playing two men, not really adding any extra bodies into the box for the run, even if it's late, not having those safety sitting at you know, 8, 10, 12 yards to cut off some of those shallow or intermediate middle of the field passes because they don't want their safeties to be matched up with Tyree Kill in the slot. That's what they're trying to avoid. And they did a great job of it last time. So hopefully the Chiefs have a better idea of what they're doing. And it was just an example of Brandon Staley getting Andy Reid that first time around by mixing up his defensive calls. Because if it looks this bad again for the Chiefs offense, it just looks that difficult for the Chiefs offense. It's going to be a long day again. It really will. Yeah. One of the things that the Chiefs did well, and they might lean on it a little more, was actually the run game. I mean, they went for 186 yards rushing in that first matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers, partially because that that umbrella, they put that giant umbrella on it, kept the safeties deep. So the Chiefs took it a little bit. They just went away from it. Like, that's that's when the mistakes occurred. That's when you saw the problems. And the Chiefs got inside the Chargers 36 yard line on their first three possessions and came away with no points and turned it over all three times zero points like so they moved the ball fairly well in the early going of the game and I felt like you know it was because of that run game because they recognized it's like hey if you're going to give us favorable boxes we're going to take them with Clyde Edwards Hilaire so I do expect that maybe they'll try and do that again try and knock the Chargers out of this try and Say, listen, 
We're going to keep running the ball. We can play the style of offense that we played that first matchup, knowing that we're going to go all the way down the field, except this time we're going to take care of things. We're going to get down there and we're going to take good care of the ball, just like our good pals and Macadoodles. We'll take good care of you when they arrive in Kansas City in summer of 2022. I speak about their customer service all the time. It is my favorite liquor store because the people that work there to a person, every single McAdoodles that I've ever been in has had exceptional customer service. They go out of their way to hire people that know what they're talking about, can be as helpful to you as possible, will carry your beverages to the car, load them up for you, send them on your way. They always greet you when they come in the door. They've got the best recommendations. This is why. It's my favorite liquor store and why I'm so excited that it's come to Kansas City, come to Lee Summit, summer 2022, but they need more in there. Get a hold of Roger at info at if you are a franchisee and get them up there because then they're going to direct you on how to hire the right people and take good care of them. And then you get people coming back and it just works out in a lot of money for you. So you definitely need to do that. Just like the Chiefs have to take care of the ball in the red zone this year. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire eclipsed 100 yards rushing twice this year. Once against the Chargers, 17 carries 100 yards. Once against the Eagles, the following week, 14 carries 102 yards. Since then, he has not had more than 63 yards rushing in a game. It's coming. It's coming, baby. I could. I, I think you know. I think there's some. I think there's some validity to that. And I wonder if you know being able to impose your will. A little bit. Oh, people are going to love that on a Thursday night game because the mm. physicality that she's could inflict there. I think there could actually be some value there in running the football a little bit more for a lot of different reasons. The invitation that the Chargers present you, um, for for instance, with the box count, um, might 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 be reason to 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 run the football a little bit more too. I could see that being part of the game plan. It's funny, you know, we talked about the turnovers. I mean, the Chiefs scored 24 points that game. They had three. They had three. Was it, was that? Was it only three? They had more than three turnovers. They, I think they no, had no. They they actually threw a bad interception when the game was still close hey, at the end of the game. That resulted turnovers. in a touchdown for yeah. 32. Trust me, I it's seared into my yeah. memory. How? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they lost the turnover battle battle four to zero. They scored 24 points. 24 points sounds like a like. Mm would love that um <laughs> you know and they turned the ball over four times and three in in the deep red and i think all four technically not in the deep red but in the red uh and four of them were all in plus territory all four of them were in plus territory that's a bad formula to play in to win in so you know all the stuff we just discussed at the same time you clean that up the chiefs are uh you know 10 and 3 right now looking to seal up the division and go to, you know, you know, maintain their one seed. But um, anything you want to talk about the Lauren game, Maddie, is there anything else you want to add there? Yeah. Let's give the people what they want and get real nerdy about the uh, run game that the chiefs yes. use so heavily. So let's do it. for the chargers, the Brandon Staley's defense isn't great versus the run. Like the whole point is he's going to give up plays versus the run, but it's even more so versus the chiefs. So we are talking about how normally they play this kind of quarters coverage. That's both safeties are going to be sitting you know, 10 to 12 yards on average off the line of scrimmage. That allows them to step down into the run game. When they see run action, they're going to be stepping down and they are going to be able to get into the second level relatively quickly against the chiefs. That's not where they're playing. They're playing deeper because they're playing a deep shell. So they're playing 12, 14 yards deep it's a little bit harder to step down and play the run at that point in time. Like they're not getting to the run game as quickly. So all of a sudden a already team that's already giving up, you know, yardage and box count numbers versus the run is playing their alley runners even deeper. They're inviting you to run the football even more. And I think that's why you saw the chiefs have so much success running the ball against them. Take it another level with the Rams. There was some success stopping occasional runs last year because of the guys they had along the defensive line. Aaron Donald's a freak. They have Michael Brockers. They have some pretty good gap and a half players. The chargers have Linval Joseph. That's pretty good at that. And then who Jerry Tillery 
even Joey Bosa, as good as he is, isn't a two-gap player. Uchenna and Wosu, Justin Jones, these guys aren't great two-gap players. So they don't have the body to play that style of defense up front and keep their linebackers running free. So it makes it even easier for the Chiefs or any team to run the football. If there was ever a week that I, if I could talk to the Chiefs coaching staff to beg them, get on my hands and knees and beg to for them to primarily run gap schemes, it would be this one. They're, just get rid of the outside stuff. Even get rid of inside zone just for this week. You want quick hitting runs. You want getting the football and you're running back downhill. Oh, come on, Kit. Bring it in. Well, Bring it home. This would be the week. This is the week to do it for a lot of different reasons. Because I said, like, I might have said it at some point during this 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 whole conversation. I think Andy's about to give you an A-plus game script. I think there's going to be some tendency breakers. I think there's going to be some things here offensively we haven't seen. Because we've talked about it. The objective is to show as little as you can for as long as you can, but while still maintaining victories. This is a massive game. It is the game on the schedule for the Chiefs. This would be the game to run more gap. This would be the week to do it. I If they're holding back and they're deciding not to when this team has looked good doing it, then I don't understand. But this would be the week to lean into that a little bit more. Please continue, Matthew. Thank you for the floor. I very much appreciate it. You're mighty welcome. Uh, yeah, so the Chief, and that there's a thought there that the Chiefs have maybe held back a little bit. I actually think they've shown a lot in their rushing attack. I wrote about it a little bit from the Raiders game. If you go to kcsn.substack.com, you know, subscribe, read some of the good stuff over there. I think we all put out some bangers on a weekly basis. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs have run a lot of different varieties of runs. There's been a lot of variation in their run plays. The issue is they're only running some of this man and gas stuff once or twice a game. And then they're just maining inside zone and split zone. This is the week to get out of that. I get it that it works with their RPO game, but you want quick hitting stuff. You don't want those safeties that are deep. You don't want to give them the chance to step into the run fit because you're taking a longer developing run play. You want these gap schemes, these man schemes. Let this offensive line that excels in that go attack these guys that are trying to play you know, a reactive type of defensive line play. Go attack not great versus the run linebackers and then get the ball going downhill. So when that safety does step up to meet them, they're meeting them one-on-one -on -one at eight, nine yards, and you're hoping your running back can make them miss to turn it into an explosive play. There's a lot of reasons to shift away from the zone runs in this game. I do think the Chiefs can have success running these zone plays that they've been you know, using all year long. It's just, it's picture perfect, a game for them to go get. Okay, Kent, come back in. You're welcome. Take the floor. I'm putting the tinfoil hat on a little bit. Do you know where the rotation uh, really hit when the Chiefs were up big the most? They pulled the running backs very quickly against the they Raiders. They did. Derek Gar Derek Carr or Derek Gore saw the field. Derek Carr. Early. Derek Carr saw the floor a lot. Well, um, he did. Yes. Der yeah. No, but think about it. Derek Gore like got a lot of run literally for like a large chunk of that game. I am. I'm just saying if if you're hoping to if you're hoping to lean on your backs the in in four days. Maybe you were very selective about getting some hits off of them because the game was out of control. Just saying, please continue, Matthew. You may have the floor back for I, I, you know. I think I think I think I've run out myself on why the Chiefs should run more against the Chargers defense. They're giving you an opportunity to do it. I think we've talked about why the man and gap scheme is going to be better despite your RPO game. So I, I think I've run out of nerdy stuff to talk about with the run game. Maybe Craig has some more that he would like to add to this. It's just quite simple. I would expect the Chiefs to run more in this game than they have the majority of the games under Andy Reid. It just seems like the perfect fit. And I hope, hope that they do gap and man schemes like they have shown to be better at doing than their zone stuff. I mean, let's rewind all the way back to the offseason when we spent all this time talking about how well-suited this offensive line was to block gap schemes and right. then the chiefs have gone out and they've blocked those gap schemes ridiculously well and then andy reed just runs zone. like we see glimpses of it all the time we've talked about it a lot over the course of this season and it's not just us our good buddy nate tice national guy for the athletic i think he says all the time he's like why why do the chiefs tease me by, by running these plays, they run them so well, and then they don't do it again. And it frustrates me because I'm like, you've got that in your back. Why are we not doing 
I mean, I I am not a tinfoil hat kind of guy. I'm a little bit of a tinfoil hat kind of guy. Oh my! I was gonna say, I'm, wait a I'm second, a hold on tinfoil. here. No, no, no. Greg, we bonded over tinfoil hat theories. No, it's all football. We oh. aren't like debating JFK or something. Like we are no. <laughs> just football tinfoil hatting. But anyways, yes. please continue. Yeah, I mean, this would be the prime time to unleash it. You know, you do it well. You do it regularly enough. You've put it on tape. It's not like the defense is going to come out and be like, wow, I can't believe they ran gap schemes for the first time of the year. No, they've tried it on. Like they they put the suit on in the store and they went, listen, you know what? We don't need any alterations for this baby. It, it already fits mighty nice, but we're going to take it off and put it back on the rack. We're not going to wear it yet. Get it out. Wear it now. Like get, get Trey Smith and Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey moving. Get Orlando Brown in space. Lucas Niang, who is healthy get him moving too these guys can blow open these holes and if those safeties as maddie talked about rather than playing that normal quarters depth you move them back another four yards that's another four yards that clyde edwards hilaire gets to run at those safeties or Derek gore or daryl williams or heck mccall hardman or tyreek hill moving across the formation too it's a prime time to get those guys involved and lean on them if this isn't a Patrick Mahomes game because Brendan Staley and the Chargers are going to give him this run game and Andy Reid's going to get to lean on it, guess what? National media is going to talk all about it, just like they have the, you know, the, the, the Patriots run game and how effective it's been. Chiefs come out and run all over the Chargers and just are completely dominant. You're going to hear all sorts of hype about this is playoff football. This is how they can win. This is, you know, it's going to blow everything wide open. And every team remaining on the schedule now has something else that they've got to deal with. So prime time to do it. There, uh, look, Troy Aikman will lose his mind if the Chiefs just go out and run the football at a high clip. I mean, that's how his, you know, that's the success of his career was defined by a run game anyway. Um, the, you know, like I, there's a reason the Chiefs have dabbled in, in all this. Like, I, I'm telling you, there is a reason that the, they've dabbled in this. I, like, that was the right word. They're going to lean on it at some point. They know. They're smarter than us. They know. They have to know. Will they I, lean on it, though? Like, will they lean on it? Because I, I, I think they will be. Yes, I think at some point they are going to do it at a higher clip than, we, than they, we've seen to this point. 100%. I but think to lean that, on it, they have to get out of 11 personnel. They have to get out of the detached tight ends. And they have to essentially scrap their current iteration of their RPO game. Is that something they will do? That's that's the issue with their run game. Their run game is very much based around the format. Their eleven personnel formation with Travis Kelsey either split out wide or as like an off the line of scrimmage kind of H back almost tight end. And there's only so many runs that you can do from that formation. So they will have to completely change that aspect of their game. And I'm fine if it, I think they should. Like don't get me wrong, I think they should change that. It's just they very clearly are hammering that they want to live in that like they have for the past three years. If they are going to do this, if they are going to run more of these other things, they're going to have to change that. And that's where my only hesitation comes is saying that they're going to. I just, I, I mean, I, I just don't think that they're just showing it. If that makes sense. I don't think it's just a time killer, which these teams do. They show a bunch of stuff to force teams to prepare for it. I don't think it's just a time killer. I think they've seen, I think they know. Like they, I, and I think they're, I think they'll, I think we'll see a little bit more than I, like, I'm not saying it's just going to take over the entire offense. I'm just saying, I do think they're going to, I think they're going to run at a higher clip at some point. This is the week to do it. This is the week to do it. All right. We normally do players to watch. I want, you can pick either side of the football. This is how we're going to do it today. So you pick one guy to watch either side of the football. Oh, too bad, Maddie. Pick one and go. Gross. Oh, I don't go first for these. Craig goes first. Okay. Um, it's Frank Clark. Are... It's Frank <laughs> Clark. My player to watch is Frank Clark. Uh, I know that we're all really wishing that, that Chris Jones is playing in this game. I know that we're all really wishing Willie Gay and LeJerry Sneak are playing in this game as well. Hopefully they're all well and get well soon, no matter what it is that they're dealing with. But if there's one player on this defense outside of Tyron Matthew, who can be kind of avoided a little bit, that can ruin this game is Frank Clark. Frank Clark is going to see an easier matchup than he has seen 
over the past three or four weeks. And guess what? He has been dominant over the past three or four weeks. I shudder to think of what will happen if the Chargers don't give him the due respect that he has earned this year. I do expect them to. Don't get me wrong. But if they don't, he will ruin this game. Absolutely ruin this game. Trey Trey Pipkins struggled with him last year. And this was last year, Frank Clark, that everybody was dissatisfied with. Not the wrecking ball that he is right now. Even if they allocate more to him, as I highlighted in this week's article, they have set things up really well and played off of some of their tendencies to get Frank Clark still free avenues to run at the quarterback and get QB hits. I expect them to dial stuff up for him. I expect him to get free, and I expect him to still have a major impact on this game. Obviously, it would be great if if Chris Jones is there too, but Frank Clark is one of the reasons why this could just go completely in the Chiefs' favor if he has a dominant game. I don't think Storm Norton is ready for the revenge storm brewing across from him and Melvin Ingram, at least for the first <laughs> drive or two. Just for the first drive or two until that tank kind of runs out. Oh my goodness, it's going to be dominant though. Yeah, it's going to be a good first two drives. That's not where I'm going. Um, I think Juan Thorne, Craig mentioned Tyron Matthew being a guy that can be avoided, but a guy that's making a lot of plays that could really turn this game around. I think Juan Thornhill's another guy. And you saw him get Derek Carr. You've seen him get some you know veteran quarterbacks lately by moving around. We know he can be a dynamic playmaker. So he's a guy that can't. I do think that while teams are worried about where Tyron Matthew is, while they're trying to find ways to attack these linebackers and avoid this Chiefs pass rush, he's a guy that can kind of lurk around and make some plays. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. That's not where I'm going with this. No. I'm going to the other side of the ball. I just wanted to get some other names out there. I'm going with Blake Bell. The second tight end, because like Ken said, we want to live in gap schemes. We want to run gap runs. That means we need more tight ends. That means we need the best blocking tight end on the team. That is Blake Bell, who had a great game versus the Raiders, putting guys on the back, picking up two blocks for the price of one time and time again. You want to see the Chiefs run the ball straight down the Chargers' throats. You want to see them run these gap runs, You know, impose their will on a Thursday night versus the Chargers who are going to be wearing that cowardly little blue, you put Blake Bell on the field and you let him toss them around because he is the guy that can make it all the difference in the world right here with this. Are they wearing wow, they... The powder blues? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, because they're it wearing the powder good. blues. Like, seriously, the powder blues are elite. Like, let's not let's not pretend here. Okay, they're wearing their garbage Navy uniform that should never awesome. see the light of day Man, because they have the blues. best uniforms in the league. Is that what you wanted me to say? Thank you for uh, thank you for giving us uh, a complete roster breakdown of every player to watch here, uh, Maddie, and leaving the covered bear. You didn't leave the covered bear. You left me the guy that normally we see you talking about in this segment. That's Travis Kelsey. Uh, it's been tough sled in the last couple of weeks for Travis Kelsey. In fact, three catches, twenty seven yards each of the last two games. So coming out of the bye, it's been a little bit slow. Um, teams have you know paid some attention to him. They've been really physical with him. We've we've all heard about all this. I mean, the, the, the big-time players, big-time games, right? Uh, this is an opportunity, and this is the team needs. This team needs Travis Kelsey to have great success. He went over 100 yards the last time that these two teams matched up. I expect Travis Kelsey to have a big game. I expect Tyreek Hill to have a big game. And I guess we'll just have to figure out if I think the Chiefs are going to win here. So let's go ahead and get some predictions. Start us off, Craig. Maddie has an interjection. The Chargers will, in fact, be wearing the powder blue jersey, but the okay. pants are to be decided. Uh, mm. All okay. right, predictions. All right, then. continue. <laughs> okay, that does change my prediction a little bit. It really does. <laughs> I, no, it does. I'm glad that you interjected with that. Maddie, I welcome your interjections and your interruptions every single week, buddy. This is going to be a close game. Moment. Like I said at the top, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, it's going to be a very tough slog for both teams. I expect the defenses to come up with stops on both sides of the ball. I expect both of these quarterbacks to make some magic happen and break some of the stuff that these defenses are doing. I don't expect a high-scoring game here. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think they are going to win a tense game that is back and forth all the way to the fourth quarter. I got the Chiefs winning this one 28 to 20 but the chargers are going to have the ball last and we're all sitting there just hoping this defense steps up and they will frank clark ends it with a sack 
Call my shot. I am so torn on where to go with this game. I I do not have confidence in this Chiefs offense right now to score a lot of points, even against what has been a relatively bad Chargers defense. I really don't have a reason to have confidence, but I kind of feel like there's a good game coming. I just feel like there's a pretty decent offensive output coming, and maybe this is just them deciding to run the ball 33 times in this game. Maybe that's where it's going to come from. It may not look pretty, but there could be a good offensive output. On the flip side, I felt decent about the Chiefs' defense slowing down the Chargers' offense. But these injuries, these guys missing because of COVID do scare me a little bit. I mean, they really do. I think that when you have a good quarterback, I think you need to be at full health to slow them down. We've been watching Patrick Mahomes terrorize good defenses week after week for the past however many seasons now. Justin Herbert can do the same thing. When you're going to remove three of the top six defenders from the Chiefs' defense— that, kid, that makes it a lot easier for him. But again, I don't think it's going to look pretty. I think Steve Spagnuolo is deep in his bag right now, making it difficult for offenses. I think everybody else for the Chiefs defense is playing really well. I don't think it's a pretty game on the offensive side. I really don't. I do think points get scored. I think both offenses find some success, but I don't think it looks good. I think it looks choppy. It looks broken up. There's some longer sustained drives, not a ton of explosive plays. I do have the Chiefs winning to 24 so a very close very tight game i think the chiefs actually score a touchdown to take the lead halfway through the fourth quarter and the defense does get that final stop the offense runs the clock out by completing two first downs they win 27 24 chiefs get a little bit of offensive mojo on the back of their running game Mm. so the chiefs have dug themselves out of a hole and it's it's been ugly uh specifically on offense in the process but digging yourself out of a hole isn't supposed to be pretty they've gotten themselves to a point where if they win out they are very likely to be the one seed in the afc which is just remarkable considering they've lost to about every team in the afc uh playoff picture right now um i think i think andy's gonna just i i think andy Reid's gonna be in his bag this week I think that he's going to break tendencies. I think he's going to have one of those vintage A-plus call sheets. And this offense is going to run at a clip that we haven't seen from somebody outside of the Chargers or outside of the Raiders. I really believe that this team um, is, is about to put together a better offensive performance and something we feel good about and better about that's going to propel our confidence for the remainder of the year. This is the game. This is the one. This is the moment in the season where we look back and say the Chiefs reminded everybody what they're capable of. They didn't just slog out wins. They went out and took one. And they went out and took the AFC West. And then they went out and they took the AFC en route to a fourth or a third straight Super Bowl appearance and a fourth straight AFC championship appearance. This is the start of the football we've been accustomed to here in Kansas City. This is the moment for the season that we're going to look back on. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to let the Chargers win the AFC West. I'll believe that when I see it. 31-24, your Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC West on Thursday night en route to the one seed. We will talk to you after the game about another Chiefs victory. Catch you later.